and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. Hey, it's Paul, back for the first time this year. Yes. Happy- I'm sorry I'm sorry you've not got the excellent Martin. <laughs> it's back to me. And the listenership goes down again. <laughs> yes. yes, it's the <laughs> Yes, the ever popular reviewing duo of me and you there, Paul. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay, well, um yeah, first thing to tell us, Happy New Year, mate. Yes, Happy New Year to you and yes. to everybody else. Ah, excellent, excellent. That's what we like. Reel them in and disappoint them afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Ah, right, okay, well this week uh, we are discussing, um, as part of the 50th anniversary celebrations of Doctor Who, we're going to be talking about the first in the Big Finish and Audio Go collaboration of their Destiny of the Doctor series, and this month it is Hunters of Earth, which is a first Doctor story. Yes. Yes, but first, let's have some news, let's have some news. Um... Whilst we're on the subject of Big Finish, they announced this week that they are doing a multi-Doctor story called The Light at the End. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the obvious thing to do, and it's the obvious place to do a multi-Doctor thing. Yeah. You don't have to worry about what they look like now. That's it. Now, they, they build it as featuring all surviving Doctors. Yes. Now, what they mean by that is all surviving Doctors contracted to Big Finish. Yeah. Because they don't own the rights to the ninth, 10th or 11th Doctors, so those actors won't be appearing. And and also there might be a few months to go before they start <laughs> Well, I don't know when they're going to actually start recording, actually. Um, doesn't actually, doesn't it say, just it's, it will be released for the 50th, so I'm supposing it will be November, November time. But, yeah. Um, but okay, so it's basically, I think it's been confirmed, we're going to get, um, obviously, Tom Baker... Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann. Yeah. And you're also going to get Louise Jameson, Sarah Sutton, Nicola Bryant, Sophie Aldred, and India Fisher all returning as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Let's just hope the story is one that does everybody justice. Yeah, that's always the problem with multi-doctor stories, isn't it? Is finding yeah. something for them all to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other cast member being confirmed is Jeffrey Beavers is back as the master. Yes, I mean the other advantage, of course, you've got on radio is you can have them all working in different on different planets mm. till the end, where it all comes together or something like that, because you haven't got to worry about building five or so different sets, complete sets, have you? No, that's you haven't it. got to go to that expense. Just got to squeeze them all into one recording booth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. So now I'm looking forward to it actually. I'm looking forward to it. I must admit, I haven't heard the other multi-Doctor one they did, which was Zagreus. Yeah. Which apparently isn't that great. No, I, I haven't heard it either, so yeah, no. I can only go on what yeah, exactly. I've seen other people say about it. Yeah, so I mean, I'd like to sort of make my own mind up on it, but I haven't actually read a good word about it at all. No. Unfortunately. Uh, oh, well. But no, that, that's, that looks good. At least they're doing something... Um, well, at least they've been up front about it, what they're doing for the 50th. Yeah. As opposed to the BBC, who don't want to tell us anything. No, they never do, do they? Never. So. I, n- I don't understand their policy on that. I never will do. But, uh, oh, well. I don't know. I don't know. Having said that, then we moan about if, if when stuff gets leaked, don't we? So, Well, it's not that smart. I think people just want to know what they're going to do for this year. Not yeah. so much as what it's going to be about. Just saying, yeah, we've, we've got things lined up. All throughout the year, yeah. Or, it's, or all you're going to get is something in November, yeah. So don't know. 
it, it just it just seems a bit of a strange strange thing to do, and everyone else is really celebrating it. And the one the company that makes the damn program is saying nothing. No, it, it is it is odd, isn't it? I mean, this in terms of actually a year's output. If you don't include, if you say Series Seven is really last year's work mm. that's going to come out in April, there's really very little coming out of the BBC, is there? No, there's not. It's not, and it does look like after April, all we're going to get is the is the fiftieth anniversary story. Yeah, and that's it. So yeah. in, it, in its anniversary year, we're not even going to get a full series. No, which I find bizarre. But hey, I mean, if they're going to put all their efforts into a fantastic fiftieth anniversary special, I'll 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 probably would be quite happy with that. In all honesty, unless I mean, wouldn't it be great if they did something like in the same sort of format as? Children of Earth with Torchwood was, and then you had it on every night at nine o'clock for five nights. That would be a great idea. That would but be a fantastic I can't see it. <laughs> no, I can't. I thought at least they might have shown some of the old classic stuff. Yeah. Maybe they will. We, as I say, we don't know what they're doing. No. There's nothing at the moment for people to get too excited about, which I, I find bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I it just yeah, there's no no build up to it at all at the moment, is there? No, it's very from the BBC. No, nothing so. at all. I suppose you're going to get more of a build up for the return of the series seven part two more than yeah, anything I, else to begin I mean, with. Whether we've now got to wait until once that's out of the way seems a bit odd way to say it, but yeah, um, once that's <laughs> happened, um, then we're, then they start their focus on the fiftieth. I don't know. Hmm. Well, we shall see, won't we? We yes, see. It's all speculation, isn't it? It is really, yes, all on our part. Um, now, the other uh, piece of uh, 50th anniversary news the UK TV broadcasts continue of yes. uh, classic Doctor Who serials. Uh, however, in, New Zealand. in yeah. New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. So it's not UK TV in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're doing something. Mm. I, I, seem, I remember when UK TV used to show Doctor Who in this country as well. Yes. But that was yeah, I mean, now, why, 10 why years they ago? couldn't do something like that. Yeah. I mean, they stopped showing that, what, what, 10, 12 years ago? Yeah. They stopped showing that in this country? When I mean, they're showing a different episode every Sunday throughout the year. Mm. And what do we get instead on UK TV? Endless reruns of The Bill, uh, Man vs. Food, uh, <laughs> Last of the Summer Wine, Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Not that I mind... Only Fools and Horses, because um, I don't, I quite like Only Fools and Horses, but not endlessly. Yes. Dear, oh dear. So I don't even know if though, because if the Sci-Fi Channel are going to show something, because they were the last people to actually show something on UK television, weren't they? Um, and that was a few years ago as well, because yeah. they showed, uh, oh, what did they show? Who had, was it then oh, at the weekend God. showing stuff? Yeah. And did Pyramids of Mars and... All that stuff. Yeah, didn't they show? Oh, was it? Um, yeah, it was something like that, wasn't it? And a couple of Peter Davison stories as well. Yeah, and I can't remember which ones now. Wasn't it before then you had what used to be called UK drama? Yeah, was showing some a few Tom Bakers, I believe, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's, 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 it's if it was going to happen, I think it would have happened by now, really. Yeah. I think so. I, actually, that, I mean, I think we should just sort of stick to the news because this is now turning into a, a rant at, <laughs> UK BBC. Tele- at the BBC UK TV. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and we're going to have this same rant every week if we carry on. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, right. Well, some other um, 50th anniversary stuff. Obviously, yesterday was the first in the BFI Doctor Who celebrations for the 50th. Yes. Uh, with their showing of An Unearthly Child. Yeah. Uh, it was sold out. And there were a few podcasts. I think the Doctor Who podcast was there and Radio Rassilon were there as well. And it, from what they sort of tweeted throughout the day, it did seem to be a, a damn good event. Yeah. I mean, we'd wondered who they'd have as a panel, didn't we? And it does seem to be yeah. everybody who was alive, who's still alive that had anything to do with it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, basically you had uh, Caroline Ford, Warris Hussain, William Russell, Jeremy Young, uh, Donald Tosh, who's the uh, the only surviving script editor from the William Hartnell era, Bron Hodgson of the Radiophonic Workshop, um, you had Clive Doig, who's the vision mixer. I think it's the same Clive Doig used to do the little puzzles in the Radio Times or not. There can't be too many people with the name of Clive Doig. No. No. Um, Jessica Carney. Um, now, you won't know who that is, but that is, some of you might not know who that is. She's William Hartnell's granddaughter and biographer as well. And then, last but not least, Mark Gatiss was there as well. Yes. Um, who announced that he is doing his, or he's doing his uh, show called An Adventure in, Time, in Space and Time, I should say. Yes. Uh, which is going to debut at the BFI this November before it's on, on TV. Yeah, so, but it did look good. It did look good. I, I just, I just sort of got it. I didn't, didn't make it really. Um, now the next one for Patrick Troughton in February. That's on Saturday the 9th of February, which is going to be Tomb of the Cybermen. That has sold out already. Yeah, already. Uh, BFI members have snapped that one up. Uh, at the moment, we still don't know what the panel is going to consist of. No, they tend to sort of release that nearer the time, don't they? I don't even think they necessarily released much of the panel news until about a few days before this one, did they? No, they didn't. I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's down to availability and also the the health of certain of the people yes. turning yes, up as well. Pretty delicately, yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, now, we did mention a few weeks back that The Mind of Evil would be the John Pertwee one for uh, for March at the BFI, and it was going to be the first showing of the colour-restored version of Mind of Evil, so it was, it's an exclusive. Uh, that's apparently been confirmed as Saturday the 2nd of March, uh, yes. according to an article written by uh, Justin Johnson of the BFI. Yeah, it's on their website that's saying that. Yeah, so but you can't can take... book tickets for it yet. No. No, it's just a date that's been sort of thrown out in this article. It could be subject to change. Yeah, no, I suspect it is going to be that day. It's just a question of when the tickets yeah. go. So yeah, but uh, and again, we're debating whether because I said yeah, I want to go to that one, but it's a little bit too close to um, the possibility of my kids being born. Yeah, so I might miss out on that one as well. <laughs> so, so I might miss them being born. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> it's the colour restored version. <laughs> You'll understand in later life. <laughs> you can buy the DVD and show them why he wasn't there. <laughs> and they're older. Look at the majesty of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. Well, that's that's pretty much it for uh, for this. Oh, actually, there was one other thing. Apparently there was a... Um, yesterday was Delia Derbyshire Day. In Manchester. Yeah. Now, I don't actually know what that, um, what that consists of. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, it was... Um, that was just... 
basically doing performances, screenings, and talks in in honour of her. Oh right, at the, um, a non-profit venue place. So yeah, right. it was a yeah an interesting idea. But so if you're there, I hope yeah. you had a good time anyway. I didn't yeah. know it was on. Oh well, well that's it for the news. But before we go, for the first time this year. It's the return of Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! And in the Tat Corner, beginning for this year, two exclusives from Forbidden Planet. Who else, really? Who else? Now, Pi, as we know, winter is, is drawing in, isn't it? Yes. It's drawing in, and we're forecasting snow for this week, aren't we? Yes. Snow so you and need... ice and... Yeah, you need to keep so... warm. Yes. Yeah. Especially if travelling about, I think. Indeed. So if you're driving... And you sort of get stuck in a, a snowdrift on a motorway somewhere. You you're not able to get home, and they always tell you to keep like hot drinks in the car and a shovel and and a, 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 a travel rug and things like that. Well, we've got just the thing for keeping your hot drinks in, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Or at least Forbidden Planet have. Huh? Forbidden Planet have. Yes, you can get uh, an Eleventh Doctor bow tie travel mug. Please, please, contain your excitement, Paul. Yes. And, and, no, a fo- and a fourth... Stunned. <laughs> stunned to silence. Uh, and a fourth Doctor scarf travel mug. Yes, just just what you need. Yes, indeed. Now, I'm going to read the uh, the blurb directly off the, off the Forbidden Plight. Uh, forbidden Plight? Plight, <laughs> yes. Yes, the, the Forbidden Plight website. <laughs> okay, well, it's just about the Lymph Doctor uh, bow tie travel mug. Uh, aren't bow ties cool? Well, so is this extraordinary Doctor Who length bow tie travel mug that holds 16 ounces. Ounces? Who measures fluid out in ounces these days? I don't know. <laughs> they do, obviously, at Forbidden Plight. Um, <laughs> it's your... time travel for you. <laughs> okay, 16 ounces of your beverage of choice with a plastic exterior and a durable stainless steel interior. It features a wraparound four-colour image of the unmistakable outfit worn by 11th Doctor in the BBC's Doctor Who sci-fi TV series over an opaque white background. Mm. Now, this this is the clincher. Why? It's the next best thing to have in your own bow tie. <laughs> you could just hang it round your neck. I've got a bow tie, everyone. Yes. Then watch as the people, the many white coats, drag you away. <laughs> now that is uh, available to pre-order. So by the time you can, buy, and you can't um, get it until Thursday, the twenty-eighth of February. Right. And it is retailing at a reduced price uh, of fourteen ninety-nine. Oh yes, very cheap. Yes, it was originally nineteen ninety-nine. Twenty pounds for a travel mug. Yeah, you robbing bastards. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for you to mention talk about when they're going to bring out their Doctor Who themed snow shovel. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's, as I've read out the Lymph Doctor one, I ought to ought to read the one for the Fourth Doctor. Yes, um, right. and I must admit, it's not as dynamic a description. No, I've got to be honest. Um, it goes straight in for the details. This 16-ounce Doctor Who Fourth Doctor scarf travel mug features a wraparound four-colour image of the Fourth Doctor's famous neckwear over an opaque white background. It sports a plastic exterior and a durable stainless steel interior designed to keep your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold. On Earth, Gallifrey, or anywhere else you happen to be at the time, this mug makes a fabulous gift too. And it also retails for $14.99 and it's a pre-order item released also on the 28th of February. Right. So by that time, it could have warmed up. Yes. And you won't need it. 
Oh, you never know. Doesn't say, though, it's the next best thing to a real scarf. <laughs> no. <laughs> Obviously, they're not making that claim because people will be suing them for having hyperthermia because they, tried to... <laughs> <laughs> they went out with just their travel mug. Do you know what, though, Paul? It, it, it saddens me to say this, but I, I think there are probably people out there who would try and do that. Yes. Who'd be stupid enough <laughs> and then blame someone for their own stupidity. Yes. Have you been involved in the cold? <laughs> Wasn't your fault? Claims for you. Yes. Oh God. Yeah, so um yeah, so so we have actually got a new company there. It's not it's forbidden plight now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. Okay then folks. That's it, that's it uh, for this little section. So for another week then, that was the news. Okay, everyone, uh, it's time for us to take a look at the first of these, a new series called Destiny of the Doctor, which has been produced by Big Finish and Audio Go. And they're releasing one each month to celebrate the 50th anniversary. And for this month, for January, uh, it is the first Doctor. And this story is called Hunters of Earth. Bells of Shoreditch Church chimed nine as the old man hurried through the darkened streets of London's East End. Occasionally, he would look behind, as if to check no one was following. But the October fog was too thick, and the light from the gas lamps too weak for him to see more than a few paces ahead. Hidden in the folds of his cloak, he clutched at some object, holding it tightly to his chest, as if it were valuable treasure. Two scooters came roaring down the road, and he darted out of their headlights and into the shadows. The two teenage bikers jeered, Out of the way, Grandad! before heading off down the road. The old man grunted and cast another wary look behind before turning into a run-down terrace street. He paused for a second, listening. He was right. Someone had been following him. Quickening his pace, he headed off down the street, past the tumble-down houses, many of them, even now, still boarded up from the war. Ahead of him, a figure appeared in the fog. The old man froze. Grandfather! There you are! Right, OK. Now, before we go any further, this uh, this little discussion will most likely contain spoilers. I so, think most certainly. Almost certainly. So if you haven't listened to Hunters of Earth yet, and you don't want it spoilt for you, stop listening to us right now, Go away and listen to Hunters of Earth, and then come back afterwards. Yes, for those please do come back. Please come back, yes. And for those of you who don't care, just stick with us now. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Uh, as it's your first show of the year, Paul, after you, what, what did you think? Um, I'm just not sure why, what I like about this or whether I like this or not. Hmm. And I'm not sure in some ways what it is that's bothering me with it. I actually quite like the story. Um, and the fact that there's not any monsters as such, or aliens, although that gets a bit questionable as to whether there's aliens or not involved. Did you think? Or uh, yeah, sort of. Where where did the technology come come from, from? to yeah. do this mind control thing? Yeah, yeah. That seems to be, and that seems to be my problem with this story. I think is it sort of gets itself. It starts writing one way. Then it sort of branches off to another 
question mm. and then comes back again to the original plot in terms of following the original plot story of which there being no aliens, no monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it gets a bit confused around that. And I'm not sure whether that's going to be because they are going to be linked in some way with the following ones and perhaps there is some, we're going to find out later on, there is some alien influence in this. It could be. I mean, I mean, just to set it in context, it's set before An Unearthly Child. Yes. Uh, and it's really, you sort of get the impression that the Doctor and Susan have just not long been on Earth. Well, four months, isn't it? Yeah. and the do- what we're told. Yeah, and the Doctor's trying to repair his TARDIS. Yes, by, by stealing. Yeah, stealing components, which I can sort of see Hartnell's Doctor doing. Yes, you wouldn't he, have any moral. No, doing especially that. when you first meet the Doctor in a, in an unearthly child. Yeah, because he's very mor- morally ambiguous, isn't he? Yeah, I, f- I think actually the portrayal of the Doctor is pretty much to the how the, he starts off in the uh, TV series. Yeah, he's. I mean, also th- th- there's points where in the story where he is sort of confronted by a gang of youths and uh, and he's. They've written it so you can see Hartnell standing there with his hands on his lapels, can't you? Yes. You know, unhand me, sir, and all that yeah. sort of. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's written well in that way. Yeah, I, f- I think I the characterisation of of the Doctor is good. Yeah, and probably of Susan as well. It's it's just actually as saying this is this is stories written before an earthly child. It really hammers that point in. Yeah, I think a little which is bit, what I find I have the problem with. Yeah, it's a little bit too much, isn't it? Because yeah, it, it's it's ticking all the the boxes of okay, let's fit in as many references as we can to an unearthly child. So you've got like John Smith and the, and the Common Men, yeah, Coal Hill School, Totters Lane, you know, it's all and and bizarrely, I don't know why the kid came back. Magpie Electricals, yeah, I, 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 they're trying to tie it in with the. Oh, if you're gonna if you're gonna tie it into the new series, at least pick a decent episode. Yeah. Well, the, Magpie Electricals has been in a couple, hasn't it? It so. is. Yeah. I don't know why I keep referencing that, but oh well. No, I mean, if he's got if he's going to go to an electrical store, then all right, fair enough. Use that. that, that I don't mind. That was actually one of the least hammered points. Actually, <laughs> it that was, was. Yeah. It was. That was, it, was the, it was a throwaway line, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it almost seemed as if this was written for people that wouldn't have seen the classic series and Unearthly Child. Yeah. So, so they sort of hammered the points that have come across from Unearthly Child. But the stuff from the classics, from the current series, like Magpie Electricals, they just sort of threw in there as if, mm. oh, everyone will know that. Yeah. And if so I don't quite think you're aiming at the right audience there. <laughs> Actually, another weird thing, I don't know if you thought this or not, do you feel that um, Colonel Rook was the beginnings of Unit? It may well be. I'm just beginning to wonder if that, that that's... How they're going to tie this all together come the end? Whether that is like the, the you know the, the forming of unit, or maybe yeah. even some strange branch of Torchwood or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe more towards Torchwood, I suppose. But, yeah. Um. I mean, we could be I oh, could be completely way off target with that one. Yeah. But it, it just seemed a little bit. Or oh, is this where they're going? Because it's all military and and I don't know. Maybe yeah, it is. Maybe. Maybe it is. But uh, yeah, I. I I must admit, I, I sort of finished listening to this and I did feel kind of disappointed because it's meant to be about the first Doctor and he's hardly in it. 
No. It, it's almost as like they have written this like a Hartnell TV story. Yeah, he's gone on holiday. He's gone on holiday. Or he's fallen <laughs> ill or something. Yes. You know, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do that in audio, especially if you've got, obviously, you know, Hartnell's no longer with us. So there's no excuse for that. (laughs) I I suppose they're thinking, well, we've got, you've got Susan in it. If you put Susan as the main character, it sort of makes it easier to to do. Yeah. And they can do more um, actual play bits rather than just book reading. Yeah. Now, I think the other other thing from, from the story point of view... I kind of think it was a mistake to set set this story when they did. I think it would have been more of an interesting story if they'd have covered how the Doctor arrived on Earth. Yeah. Don't have to explain why he left Gallifrey. Don't have to give too much away there. But I'd like to see the reasons why they landed on Earth. Yeah. And what, what was so wrong with the TARDIS that had to be there for four months. Yeah. Because that was never explained, was it? No, I mean, in some ways, it did sort of cover too much of the same ground, didn't it, as an unearthly child? Yeah. As in the Susan settling into school and mm. whether even the teacher following her back to back to top home, line. So to yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned that before we start recording um, about the fact you, you you didn't mind the fact that there was no alien influence as such. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to have been written as a. Uh, to be not a, a a monsters alien stroke doctor, which is which I don't mind, and I quite like the idea of that, especially in a audio thing. You well, can get that, but then they yeah. seem to be there seems to be little bits that branch off to suggest that there may be aliens behind this, and you don't know then whether is that just the writer was umming and ahhing about where they was going to go, or is that because there's going to be there's more something to linked, linked yeah. in with the other stories yeah, that could are going to follow? Could be, because it's, it's from that sort of German bomb, wasn't it? Yeah. On, on the, and that, again, they did reference quite a few things that what 60s Britain was like at that time, with the, you know, um, still lots of bomb sites. Yeah. And the fog and all that sort of... So it was, it was pretty sort of on the nose with that sort of thing. Was you, was you like me, when they're... Chasing, being chased across the bomb site. Yeah. Was you waiting for Susan to fall over and sprain her ankle? <laughs> Do you know what? That didn't occur to me, but now you mention it. <laughs> I was just waiting. I thought, if you put this in as well. <laughs> Actually, that, I mean, that's, um, that whole bomb site thing and, and the bomb thing, that's, it was an interesting idea, the fact it was the Nazis attempting some sort of form of mind control, because basically what's happening is all the um, teenagers yeah. are sort of, all of a sudden will go absolutely mental and sort of aliens out and you go back to where you came from sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I like the idea, all it was doing was, was it was nothing to do with, because it was sort of aliens, what was the graffiti? Was it aliens go home, aliens out or yeah. something like that? Um, and all the way through you've got the Doctor and Susan thinking that they're, they're, they're taking the literal meaning alien. Yeah, but it's it's completely aimed at them. Yeah, uh, and it's not. It's just no, this. It's, it, it's that primal instinct again, isn't it? Yeah, it's alien as in You're foreigner. Different. Yeah, foreigner. Yeah. Um, as in, in the yeah. context of this. And they do have. Um, they they mention sort of like you got uh, was it Rosa or Rose yeah. who owned the the, uh, the local yeah. coffee bar and. You don't meet this character, but Winston, the bus driver, 
Yeah. Who, who's sort of attacked as well. So, it, and it mentioned like mods and rockers and things like that. So, you know, it's. But it's, it's just sort of like a tick box of the 60s, wasn't it? And they mentioned the Beatles one hell of a lot, didn't they? Oh, well, this, this, this was what I meant by saying that they seemed to be hammering home points about where it was set. And it wasn't even so much that they mentioned the Beatles so much. It's the fact every time they mentioned the Beatles, it was done in a new band way. You know, it wasn't just, oh, yes, you, know, you can get away saying the Beatles, oh, there's a new band called the Beatles. Do yeah. that first of all, and perhaps even the second time. But then every time they was mentioned, it was done in a way of "there's a great new beat." <laughs> and that actually, actually, me. actually, that actually, I, I think after a while, I started to actually laugh at that. After a while, well, that that was isn't that, good. Well, the whole thing about the beat because that's where this signal was being hidden, wasn't it? Yeah. And apparently, according to this, it, the, the beat is only what the young people can hear. Yeah. Well, there's frequencies, isn't there? That yeah, you can only hear when you're young because there's. They was using it in shops, weren't they, to yeah. stop people from loitering around outside. But I must, I must admit, though, that the, the whole yeah. thing about every time that a radio was switched on, this transistor radio, yeah. <laughs> now, and that got me as well. The fact, yes, yes, we know. All right, it's the sixties, and it was we transistor knew. radio. But yes, no, say that a couple of times, but not every time. Just say radio now, please. Well, no, it, it wasn't that so much. Just the fact that every time they switched on, you, the, the, ask the audience could hear this interference yeah. on the radio. And every time it did, the, the kids started getting a bit rebellious, didn't they? Yeah. You know, you go back to where you came from sort of thing. But how long did it take for everybody to catch on to the fact that's what was happening? Yeah. Because it's that, as you mentioned a bit about being chased across the bomb site, Susan had a transistor radio on, yeah. which again does tie, again ties into our unearthly child. Yeah. Because the whole thing of the first time you see it, she's listening to a transistor radio. Yes. So um, I'm doing it now. Transistor radio. (laughs) I I can't help myself. (laughs) Perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps it wasn't even written like that. Perhaps it just got that Carol Ann Ford couldn't resist it either. Exactly, yeah. So so I didn't mind that, but the the, the fact that when she dropped it... It stopped. It stopped. Uh, Yeah. And they still didn't twig. Yeah. And at that part, I'm, I'm almost screaming at the radio. <laughs> at my transistor it's radio. Just radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, it wasn't that subtle, was it? No, it wasn't. Not for us. It, it obviously was for the characters. Yeah. And I think the other thing as well, it's a, it's, I'm assuming all of these um, future Destiny of the Doctor stories are going to be of the similar sort of length, barely over an hour. Yeah. Which I think is probably good enough. Yeah, I, I, I think wise. anything longer than that, especially if in in terms of a of a this sort of style. Yeah, I think you're probably that's in, like, just long enough to hold you. It's it's just, it's the sort of thing you can listen to on a journey, isn't it? Rather yeah. than yeah, that's it. Rather uh, than sort of invest any great deal of time into it. Yeah. Um, do you reckon it, it warrants a, a second listen? Um, do you, do you, I mean, do you, from the point of view, do you feel you you might have missed something the first time round? I might do. I mean. It, it it didn't bother me in terms of actually, I mean I quite liked I quite like the style of it I mean but that's to say well I say that growing up on Jack and Ori which was very mm. much done in this sort of style yeah yeah of, the, of yeah, the person reading it and doing the voices well, it's, and, it's a weird hybrid of yeah. a play and an audio book isn't it yeah because you're, Caroline Ford is is reading the story too she's doing all of the voices apart from Cedric yeah now that's one thing I couldn't understand. 
Why was she doing all the male voices as well? Yeah, apart, why? apart why? from Cedric. Yeah, who? And Sam Williams. Sam Williams. Well, I found it's the son of Simon Williams. Yeah. So another Doctor Who link there, but yeah, why? I couldn't understand why he couldn't do Colonel Rook and Bernie, yeah. and possibly even the Doctor. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand why they didn't use him for that. You get an actor no. and then use him for one voice, then you use the like the other actors to do everything. Especially seeing most of the the scenes in that sense were Susan talking to other people. Yeah. So it would have been easier for her mm. if they'd have had him doing the other voices because then she could have actually have done it as a conversation. Yeah. And the other thing as well, I mean, she's not that great at doing other accents either. No. Unfortunately. I, mean, I don't, I mean, it sounds like I've, I mean, it's not that great a production, really. It's it's good. I think it's it's worth listening to. Yeah, but I I don't think it's it's a kind of a disappointment, and it's probably not a really good way to kick this series off. No. Yeah, it doesn't really grab you, and it doesn't really, as far as you can see, bring anything new to the yeah to the idea. Actually, I just thought a couple more sixties references they ch- they chucked in there as well. Yeah, Telstar. Yeah, the satellite, not the song. Um, and Bob Dylan. Well, this was the other thing that actually got me at the end of this. What, Bob Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> but I know, that's yeah. to, I know that's meant to be a joke, but in the, and they just like, yeah, this new, this new, I think it's called Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's quite funny, um, actually. There's, there's the thing about, right, so you've got the DJ giving you the, basically, the, the how to defeat them oh, yeah. speech, which you presume is, is the doctor from the, from the future, future yeah. sending it back. Which also was then quite over the top on that, I thought. Oh, I, I just remember the other 60s reference made in that as well. You had, uh, obviously, Flower Power, Woodstock. Yeah. St- and the, the the bizarre one, Steve Zodiac and Fireball XL5. Yes. <laughs> now, I must admit, I wasn't expecting that. No. But just, just weird things to reference. I, I'm The way that was done, that sounds like an 11th Doctor sort of speech. Yeah. Just but, ra- randomly picking things out just from the sixties in no particular order. Yeah, but no, hmm. it's um, yeah, that, that was sort of a bit odd. But anyway, so then we get to this point where obviously Bob Dylan's the is a different, obviously a more soothing beat, so <laughs> to speak, and you'll play that as a counteract to the mind control thing. And we get the point where they actually then go out and buy the record. Yeah. Which, fine, yeah, okay, so now they've got the record, so that's mm. good. So that's, that's why the Doctor was telling them to, in the, the future, was telling them what to do, so they've actually now gone and bought the record. Yeah. And then they go to the um, warehouse, and rather than use the record, the Doctor turns on the radio again, or transistor radio, again. <laughs> Get it right. And it's, play- and it's playing on there. Just so happens. Yeah, and yeah. he uses that to broadcast to kill the, um, their, the the mob violence, whatever. Yeah, to, to, um, yeah, to quash the signal. But yeah. they had ten minutes to wait till Telstar was in range. So what is this radio station they've tuned into? All day, all Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it made no sense. I mean, the whole point of that, you, you saw the clever writing was going up to, yes, they've got the record. Now the Doctor has to connect the transmitter to a gramophone, for instance. And when I say gramophone, I don't want to say, do you want a bag on your head? <laughs> Not on your head. Do you want a Dolby with it? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you can understand that. Then he plays the record, which they previously got because they was told by the future Doctor. Yeah to get this record and this was the answer <laughs> but they don't use that at all that sort of just idea seems to have just disappeared out of the window and it's now all coincidence again well again and it, coincidence that doesn't work in the timeline it just seemed to be another thing that another a, a 60s box to tick with that whole thing of kids teenagers then will go and buy an album or a single whatever it was and they immediately go home and listen to it yeah, they sit in their bedroom and listen to the single or the album. That was the sort of thing the '60s kids did. Yeah, uh, but that the only purpose it seemed to serve, wasn't it? As you yeah, said, they, they didn't did... use it to resolve the no. It just it just seemed to be invasion. I don't know call it really, but... but you could see that was built up, and it was yes, okay. Now they've got the record, and then they just didn't use the record. No, it no, was it was. Just... Completely yeah. a real cul-de-sac of a plot point, really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just as if, it's if they was writing it, and then he suddenly he forgot that that was how he was going to end it, Yeah, and went back to the using the radio. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry this didn't come out before Christmas, this particular story, mm. because um, we could have played that with Bob... Bob Dylan, as he's now known. <laughs> Bob Dylan singing... Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. From his Christmas album. <laughs> If if you haven't heard this at home, uh, people, track it down. It is the the weirdest and funniest thing you've ever yeah. heard in your entire life. Bob Dylan sings Christmas songs. Yeah, and here comes Santa Claus is hilarious. Particularly, yeah, <laughs> and it's not meant to be. No, uh, well, I don't know. Perhaps it is. Perhaps he <laughs> just thought, oh god, I've got his, to do it. His new, his new comedy recording career. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking of all Dylan all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, it's... so that was the point. It, the story actually just didn't hang together. It oh, just it's... seemed to be as if it lurched from one idea to another. We had the alien. Is there an alien technology? Well, yeah. then when you go into the doctor goes into the warehouse, there's stuff he doesn't recognise, and it says of alien technology. Mm. So then yeah. you're not sort of sure is is the was the bomb actually a. German bomb, or was it just coincidental that this thing landed at the same time Sorry. as two German bombs? Yeah, yeah, it's all a bit okay. I mean, maybe as you say, maybe that, that's that's to come. Yeah, that bit, maybe that's to come. But I, I think for a first Doctor story, there wasn't a lot of the first Doctor. It's more about Susan. Yeah, uh, which I suppose you can understand as Caroline Ford is reading it. Yeah, and that was her character. So, um, and she now appears to have a, a sort of got some sort of mind powers. powers she can see into the future and read people's minds and yeah i don't know where that came from no i'm sure and whether it would be referenced again no i mean we, we just, yeah there's, there's bits in there. yeah, it just didn't really follow it didn't set up an unearthly child and it didn't give you anything much different to that did it that's, no, that's right that's right well i must i'm looking forward to the next one yeah, I and mean, really? it'd be interesting yeah. to listen to to them all once you've heard them all. Yeah, if you know well, what I mean. Yeah, because as I say, if there is an overriding sort of plot arc to this, then 
from the first episode, it's not going to make a lick of sense, is it? No. And certain things you think, well, that went nowhere. Yeah. Could make sense come the end. Yeah. But so it's, it's, it's difficult to be too critical at the moment. Yeah. Although we've had a good Even though we had a good bloody good go at it, yeah. As we always do. Well, we don't like to disappoint our listeners, do we? <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, I think we sort of discussed it enough now, really, but I think, from my point of view, it's a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. It's not a massive failure by any stretch of the imagination. No, no I mean, all. yeah, it was I'm enjoyable. glad they're doing it. Yeah, it was an enjoyable listen to. But... Yeah, I'm glad they're doing something each month leading up to the 50th. Yeah. Because not, you know, as we've already discussed at the beginning of the show, BBC aren't doing anything no. each month. And thank heavens for Big Finish and Audio Go, really. Yeah. I mean, that's slightly why you're sort of, I don't really want to knock this, because it is something that's being done for yeah. that. And, I mean, forgot, I mean, it was, what, three ninety nine download as well. Yeah. I mean... I mean, honestly, people go. I mean, it's worth it, people. If you want, if you want to collect any sort of memorabilia in the anniversary year, it's only three ninety nine once a month. Yeah. To download, you can buy the CD if you want. That's about what eight quid, something like uh, that for the CD. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, a bit something more like that. Anyway, but but, uh, but there you go, three ninety nine for an hour's worth of audio. It's not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Okay, I think. Uh, do you want? Do you want to sum up before we finish, Paul? Or um, no, I think that's basically. Well, it is there, yeah. yeah. It's, it's enjoyable, but obviously has its flaws. Yeah. It just remains to see whether those flaws will exist yeah. in the next well, few Well, I think stories. some of them still will. Yeah, I <laughs> think so. And some of them are, uh, are in, the, in the writing. But yeah. There you go. There we go. Okay, right. Well, uh, next week, we're back to audio commentaries, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. And first of the year. First of the year. So that means the return of Tony uh, for what seems like an age... Yes. Uh, when was he last with us? Beginning of December, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Or was it November? Um, I can't remember when we put our last commentary out, actually. Yeah, it would have been around that. Being, oh. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Okay, well, anyway, Tony returns to join the fold next week, uh, and we are doing Destiny of the Daleks. Yes. That fondly remembered. <laughs> we thought we'd Dalek kick off the 50th anniversary year with a classic. <laughs> Actually, if we did, we we discussed this um, briefly, didn't we? Um, sort of yeah. via text message last week. If we'd have um, if we'd have thought about it, we would have done Dalek Invasion of Earth this month. Yeah, and then try and try to do a, like a uh, Doctors in Order leading up to the uh, leading up to the fiftieth. But, yeah. but we didn't want to do another Hartnell one following on from another Hartnell story. Yeah. So. And we've already done the McGann one, so we'd have been struggling that much. Yeah. Well, we could, I know. <laughs> we'd have we, had to put it out again. Yeah, we could have done. That was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good you were getting it twice. <laughs> oh, dear. No, we owe it to our listeners not to do that. But <laughs> Yes. No, definitely not. Okay, so that's what we're doing next week, and we're actually going to split that into two parts as well. So you get episodes one and two next week, and then the following week, episodes three and four. Yeah. So it's like a um, a two-week commentary on the band. So you don't have to listen to it in one big two-hour chunk. No. Right. That's it, then. Yeah. That's it. We're done. So, folks, for another week, that is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye.
You were listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at whos-he.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at whos underscore he underscore podcast. And Martin, thanks for keeping the chair warm. You could have cleared up after you, though. Dirty cups have been here for a week.